right, we are back for another episode of Viper Podcast. My name is Dane. I'm Sam. I think I'm Dylan. Welcome, we have, Dylan. We have a new guest, as you can see, somebody that is not of familiar faces to the other to the other episodes. Dylan is here with us today. Why are you shaking so hard, dude? Jeez. He must be a little nervous. He must be. No, I just Sam's watch is like glows, <laughs> glistening, and like. Dude, I was talking about guard. this on a previous uh, episode. Target watch. Alex, got I know you, you told me you get all those Target watches. They're fly. Target watches. Yeah. Well, thanks. You're not getting bad. <laughs> From a mile away, it does not look like a Target watch. Though. No, I know. No. It looks like you guys pay me even more money. <laughs> it looks like He's a seven-figure man <laughs> who spent seven dollars at Target. Self-made. No, Once you pick it up, though, you kind of do feel the quality drop a little bit. <laughs> As you guys can see, we got some new equipment. We finally upgraded two of our mics. Now we have the, the Rode. Um, got these, the idea of these from, we're on Oil & Whiskey Podcast. How was it? Both of you guys were. It was awesome. I had a great time. It was pretty good. What did you guys talk about? <laughs> Why are you staring at God, me? Because he's talking. <laughs> It was good. Oil and Whiskey was a great experience. Learned a lot. Um, they had these mics, which are the Rode uh, podcasters or procasters. Okay. Then they had these nice little things where, that you can move around to so it doesn't, like, vibrate. Okay. Then uh, got the arms because those things, when you move them, they – When noisy. you even touch it, they're, they're kind of noisy. We don't have any gross cables on the table. We could yeah, play, like, yeah, chess seriously. while we're doing this. Could have Alex lay on the table. We could eat food off. Of <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm gonna set. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna set that podcast out. Uh, Love you, Al. No Is that an HR violation if we do that. I don't know. Not HR. I'm not it. HR anymore. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just, Can you stop shaking your legs so much? I'm burning calories, Gosh, dude. Dude, it's like <laughs> <laughs> freaking making me nervous. All right, so let's start. Uh, last time we talked about everything leading up to. Uh, Viper and sort of like the early days when you were on your own packaging stuff. We talked about the previous facility. I guess we're sort of looking to talk to Dylan about like his his intro into the Viper world. Yeah, so. let's give him a prequel of what we t- what we ended on though. So that's what I just said. Oh, I just said no, the last facility. Oh yeah, we talked about how Dane was on his own, pulling out his hair, um, trying Cry- to crying. Yes, and he needed his big brother. He did come save me. So I did. <laughs> now he's got nothing to say. It's so weird. Usually you can't get him to stop talking. He went quite kind of fast on that one. So, no, we left off of uh, – it was at a – Viper was at a point where it was too much to handle for one person, and that's when you were at Rich Machine Design still. And we had the conversation of, hey, man, like this shit's starting to take off pretty quickly here, and I need some help. And that was at a point when you had a good-paying job. And you had a house, you had mortgage payments, like you had stuff on the line. And that's kind of where I want to leave it for you to talk about is like go in depth of what you were feeling at that stage because that's a huge jump. And like how did you make that decision? Because sure, there's people listening that are in the same situation. They're in the same boat where, they're, where they have a comfortable paying job and it's hard to make that, that jump of faith. So, Yeah, I mean there's nothing more dangerous than comfort, right? Like you just get set in your ways and you don't want to change. And if you're not changing, you're not growing. So that's where I was. And I had to get out of that rut. And luckily, you know, we had Viper that like Dane spoke about on the previous podcast that we was at the stage of needing, needing more help. And it was either I jump and come aboard or not and just continue not to grow and just kind of be, yeah, comfortable, but regretting it probably my entire life so Mm -hmm. i had to make a decision and definitely wasn't an easy decision to make i mean it took months of you know laying in bed with my eyes open staring at the ceiling wondering what the hell i should do and you know it was 2020 so we were in the yeah it was april 2020 when i quit at rmd and so obviously it was in the middle of the pandemic right and Mm -hmm. Like, there's a ton of uncertainty there. I saw you, how, you, how you snuck that in there. 
snuck what in there? Pandemic. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious now. That was good. That was smooth. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. But that'll uh, be an after hours. Yeah, that'll be de- that'll yeah. be a long one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so there's a ton of uncertainty. Like, okay, are, how are we going to sell a you know a premium product during this during this economic time, right? And it's like there's a ton of a fear there. I was scared shitless. Like, I mean. I can't speak for Dane, but I'm sure he was, he was as well, you know, but I mean, not to throw shade at you at all, but like you were, you know, you were still building at that time. You know, I, I felt like I already had, I had a solid foundation built already and I was nervous of t- totally losing it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I had just bought a new house out in, you know, out in the country and I love it. You know, it's beautiful away from people. So it makes it even better. Yeah. But like just bought that house in June and it's like less than the prior June and less than a year later. Now I'm going to be switching occupations and potentially not making any money for a very long time. Scary, you know, and I have a wife, I have a wife, right. And we're, I mean, married for a while, but I didn't have any kids or anything like that at the time. So that made the decision a lot easier. It was like, I have, if shit did go south and it didn't work out, I definitely had time to rebound and recover. Right. So that was my, the biggest factor in my determination was, well, if it doesn't work, you know, you still got time to go and do and try something else and, you know, still salvage what, what you got left. Right. So that made the decision a lot easier to make was, you know, fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so take it back even, even before that, even before the decision, what were you doing? I was a design engineer at RMD. Well, I know what you're telling <laughs> You're talking to me. I I know that already. Tell the people that are listening. What were you What were you doing? What who, so I was working. Who are you? Where Where'd you go to school? How long did you work at RMD? Um, a size twelve shoe. Uh, <laughs> I had thirty five waist. My social security <laughs> number is one one one. Thirty five. Thirty four waist. Sorry. Bump that up. Fuck you. Wow. Thirty four. <laughs> All right. That's a low blow. Where Where were you? For what size waist are you? Guess. Thirty four. Thirty two. No, you're not. 32 waist, 34 legs. 34? 34 legs. Yeah, long legs. Yeah, long ass legs. We're pretty close to the same height. You you maybe got like an inch or two on me, but yeah. You ever seen Ant Bugs Life? He reminds me of him. really tall. (laughs) (laughs) Shorts all the way up. (laughs) Shorts, there we go. Nice plug in there, dude. I got you, don't worry. (laughs) Sorry, Dane. Damn, I thought I was friends (laughs) with the cameraman. Damn, what the hell? I know, but he set me up. (laughs) The editor doesn't take sides. I'm not the editor. editor. Yeah. The host. Sorry, the host. Oh. Is that All right. So I got to say, I have a little bit of experience doing a similar thing. So I worked in news for a while, and I sort of climbed up my way for like three years and started on floor crew, worked my way up, you know, and then did was like a news photog for a while. And that's a, that's a similar thing. And I, I jumped from there with no job and sort of um, attempted to do sort of like a little side venture thing. Or at the time it was like full time, but it was it was a pretty scary leap. I mean, mm-hmm. not knowing when your next check is gonna, you know, gonna come in is kind of a terrifying experience, mm-hmm. especially when you continue to watch your bank account dwindle. Yeah, it goes fast too. Once there's nothing coming in to replenish it, and it's just constantly withdraw after withdraw, so it goes fast. Did you do anything on the side while you? No, you everything started? was everything was all Viper. So, I guess to get back. On Dane's side of it, you know, so I, I mean, I worked for our, our family's previous company, right? And I worked there since, since high school, probably since even middle school. I think I started there like 13, 14 years old. So every position in that company, besides obviously like financials, I had some role in playing at one point in time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from literally starting out, cleaning the lunchroom, cleaning the offices, bathrooms, you know, after school when I would come in with mom to, you know, in the office designing machinery and everything in between, which is, I think, you know, s- set me up for great for working at Viper, for starting Viper with, with you. Because, like, we did the same thing. We had to, s- we did everything mm-hmm. from taking out garbages to, you know, making, you know, course correcting and course changing business decisions and everything in between. And like, you know, I feel like if you're going to do something like this, you have to be okay with that. Like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
like you have to know every single aspect of your business. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just plain and simple. And I think, you know, like, and you see it when, when the owners and founders are removed from those business, businesses that they struggle and it's, it totally makes sense why. Yeah. Right? Cause you get these suits and ties in there that, you know, went to school, think they know everything and they don't jack shit, you know, just cause you have a degree doesn't mean anything. Like you got to get down and dirty and get freaking dirt on your nails and yeah, I think it's pretty it. important to understand almost every aspect, especially as like an owner, because then you can set expectations accordingly. You can, and you know if you're getting screwed or not, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, no matter what it is, like if you're the one doing all the pricing and, you know, doing all the shopping around and price hunting and this and that, and, you know, you know what the stuff costs and what it takes to, to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, somebody that's, I don't know. Think of how many times we, w- we ran into that, though, where if, if it was somebody else doing the purchasing, oh yeah, we would have got a half better price than what we or a half Worse. more expensive yeah. price than what we what we kept pushing and pushing for. Yeah, and you got to work. You got to work them. You know, yeah. like the, I mean, honestly, probably Vipers taught me that the most too. Is just dealing. The customers are always looking for the best deal, right? That kind of trans that kind of transferred into my mentality as well when we're price shopping and pricing things out is looking for the best deal without sacrificing quality, right? Mm-hmm. So like you got to be able to work your suppliers and in to get the best price possible. You know, I mean within reason, right? You're not trying to burn any bridges or you know, not every, trying to screw anybody everybody's over. in this for business, right? But work them, you know? That's that's what this is all about. Everybody, you know, you got to pay to play. Mhm. So you're at RMD, and you're a design engineer there. For how long were you there? Well, like I said, I started when I was 13, 14 years old. Um, worked my way up. I was out on the assembly floor um, for primarily all of high school, so probably at least four years for sure, maybe another five, maybe a fifth year in there. And then when I went to college for mechanical design um that's kind of when i transferred over into working in the office with with our dad and you know sitting alongside him designing machinery and you know actually building stuff which Mm -hmm. was honestly working alongside him every single day i i mean i did learn a lot in school but the value wasn't wasn't nearly as great as it was working alongside of him like and he doesn't have any schooling he's all self-taught and the by far the smartest person I've I know, right? Yeah. Um, I can't wait till we can have him on the podcast. That's gonna yeah, be that's gonna be, be a really good one. Yeah. But like work just working alongside him and just learning from him, learning as much as possible. Like it was constantly every day something new, something new I was learning, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in I've worked alongside him all through school and then after after college, um, worked there f- full time in the office with him and kinda he had a lot um, a lot on his shoulders with the whole design. He was the only engineer design person there, right? So I took a lot off his shoulders and kind of did let allowed him to focus on the innovative products, the new products. And then I would assist him with that, obviously, but that's what obviously he loves doing, right? And then I would uh, get the products from him kind of once we had a final design, and then I would take him through the final stages of getting it set up and getting um, working with the controller and getting everything set up in the company and getting the parts out and getting quotes and vendors set up and all that good stuff. And then I was also a big part of that job was also, um, support for the machining department. Mm -hmm. So there was constantly questions and problems with prints and parts. And, you know, I had to help, I had to help them out make sure they were making the correct parts with the correct tolerances. So they weren't spending a whole bunch of time and money making parts that we can't use. Yeah. So, did that for 15 years and then uh it got to a point where rmd rich machine design was eventually bought out by uh bailey industrial bailey industrial and then they were purchased by jpw yep and which is still even owned by an even larger company so there's right (laughs) so for for anybody listening understand Kind of what Dylan was talking about in the beginning, too. Once you take the owners out after, like, a purchase or an acquisition, what happened to the overall flow at that organization? From, like, just even happiness of, like, employee happiness to, 
like how long it took to get something done? Well, I guess first, I mean, it was when they come in saying, oh, don't worry, we're not going to change anything. That's when you should be, <laughs> that's look, that's when you should be looking <laughs> for another job because that means everything is going to change. Yeah. And, you know, what was your question? Question was, uh, so you get. I hope Brent this, can edit that out. No, don't no, we'll keep it, it in. Just, people can see how you don't listen. <laughs> That's the so only reason I was taking a drink here. of my. I was taking a drink of my water. It, and well, like, your your you golf was too loud. You couldn't hear. Oh, it was parched. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Bailey bought RMD. JPW bought Bailey Industrial. They come in saying, "Hey, don't worry, nothing's going to change." And clearly, everything changes because you're. I remember talking to you offset of or at that point when you're like, "Dude, I." like don't like it here anymore no because i mean it's just you there's a lot of red tape then you know what i mean like so when the founder is gone the first thing that happens is morale goes down the toilet like almost immediately you know and then the second thing that happens is they come in and make a a whole bunch of changes like Mm -hmm. um and then just they have different goals than the founders did right so like to the founders that was their baby that was their everything Mm-hmm. Right. That's what they spent 20, 25, 30 years of their life building, if not their entire life. Right. So like you can't replace that. Mm-hmm. You can't just come in off the street and replace that and think that they're going to make this go. You right. know, like that's just not how it works. So yeah. like to take the founder out and then try and imitate it, it doesn't work, especially yeah. especially when you have the core group of people there that most of them have been there with the founders since, you know, since the very early stages, you know? Mm-hmm. So then it's kind of weird. Cause you know, it leaves, it leaves those people in kind of a gray area too. Not saying yeah. it's bad. I'm not saying all acquisitions are like this at all. You know what I mean? Like, well, he was, it could be, a, I mean, it wasn't like Elon Musk came in and fired 50% right. of our, <laughs> of the employees. Well, those, you know what I mean? those but needed like, to go anyways. Yeah. Those <laughs> needed to go. But, uh, it was just, it's just, it's a lot of change. You yeah, know what I mean, and like, especially when you go from a smaller company like our dad's company was twenty five, twenty eight people. It was um, the decision making process was right there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you had a problem, came in, fixed it, just like we do here at Viper. You got a problem, we come in, we talk about it. You know, Solve digest it. The, the situation and throw out the solutions and pick the best one, mm-hmm. right? Whereas something like that, like in my previous work culture, is okay, we have this problem. We know it's a problem. We know it's been a problem for months. What are we going to do to fix it? Well, I got this, this, this idea. Okay, well, great. We'll talk about it. Okay, weeks go by, nothing. Hey, I'm working on this. Got any answers for me? Nope, weeks go by, still got nothing. So it's like... It's got to be a tough job. It is tough. Like there were days where, I shouldn't say that, there were weeks where I probably didn't, I probably could have missed the whole week and nobody would have really known. Yeah. <laughs> you know, besides the support that I needed, that I had to provide for the machinist. But like, other than that, like it was super stressful because like I mentioned in the beginning, as we, when we started here, when you get comfortable, you're not growing. I wasn't growing. I was just sitting, I was literally just sitting there. I felt like wasting away, you know, mm-hmm. like we had new ideas, new products, new stuff that we wanted to do, but they wouldn't like, they said they wanted to do it, but it would never happen. And in, I mean, eventually you get sick of that. Yeah. Like, like whatever, screw that, you know? So at this point you're, it got purchased and nothing's happening. You're kind of getting sick and frustrated with your position and feel kind of like you're capped. Like there's nowhere really to go. Mm-hmm. And you're making all this, like you're making a good salary. Yeah. I mean, I'm making a great earning by far, which like I said, a comfortable earning, which it's hard to let go, you know what I mean? Especially with the so much uncertainty and like being a huge risk. And it was just, it depends what you're looking for in life, right? What do you want? Do you just want to be comfortable and punch, you know, punch a time card and go home and forget about it? Fine. You know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, but do you want to continue to grow and continue to push yourself and continue to be looking for more and more and more and more and what's next, what's next, what's next? Then, you know, you're always going to be looking ahead. You know, what should I do? What's next? Okay, that was fun. Learned a lot. Cool. What's next? You know. So was there was there an immediate time when like did you start helping Dane out and then leave, or did were you just like Dane needs the help? I'm done here. I'll start helping. 
No, or? I mean, I was helping him. I was working full-time at RMD, and then I was also driving up to Green Bay and helping him at, at night. So um, I have to give a shout-out to the 2008 Dodge Avenger that we yeah, buddy. <laughs> drove through hell Parted and back. less than a year ago? A little over a year. Yeah. It was probably a, it was a tough decision to make. But yeah. it had when I started, you were still driving it. <laughs> I know. So. I love that car. But, no, I was working full-time at RMD, and I would get done at 3.30, and then I would immediately drive up to Green Bay, which is about a 45-minute drive from there. And then Dane and I would literally box chairs, I don't know, till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Listen to Andy Frisella. Listen to MF- podcast. MFCO <laughs> Project. Like, dude, I remember the first time I listened to Andy Frisella, like, I haven't, I think you turned me on to him. Yeah. And I don't know how you found him, but he's like, dude, you got to listen to this dude. He's, he has a lot of good advice. I'm like, okay. I listened to him a couple of times. I'm like, wow, this dude is, is like his fucking head is the size of a semi. <laughs> like, but then the more I listened to him, the more I got into him, like I understood him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've listened, I think I listened to every single MFCEO project. We listened to him multiple times, you know, and Fuck, the dude does have a lot of good, a great information. See, from you know? the before you got in the entrepreneur side, you thought he had a big head. Yeah. But then when well, you actually start to figure exactly. out what he was talking about, and like you were living it, you're like, oh damn, like oh he's, he's actually- got a big head, but it's full of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like no, he talks about that in his podcast too. You have to have a certain sort of arrogance, right, to do yeah. this. You yep. know what I mean? But like, there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have to, it's a balancing act. To make sure that you're not being arrogant, right? Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. like no, obviously nobody wants that. So I mean, but yeah, that's a very good point that you make. Is I didn't think he was being, I thought he was being arrogant and being an asshole until I got into it, the entrepreneur world, and was like, holy fuck, this guy's literally speaking the truth. Like everything he's saying is fucking is coming true. We're experiencing right now, or mm-hmm. it came true at one point in time, and I'm like. Now I fucking love this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, like I mean, I think I've listened to literally every single podcast of his multiple times. Like every day on my way to work. Yeah. So every with that day. being said, I want to take a quick detour away from the conversation about Dylan and talk about the fact that you guys went and saw him and went to his yeah Arte um, Syndicate. Yeah. Which if we have the the clip, yeah, which I'll, we'll include like right now. How's it going, guys? My name is Dane Rush. I'm uh, co-founder of Viper Chairs alongside my brother. Andy, you actually have one of our detailing chairs in your garage. Um, but my question is, at what revenue stage of your company did you start becoming more hands-off from the daily operations by hiring for high, higher-level positions so you can focus more on the future growth of your company? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I also sit on your stool and roll around my garage smoking weed, just so you know. And then he calls me. Yeah, that's true. I scoot around like a little kid on the stool in my garage. Has my logo on it and everything. It's a great product, bro. I hope hope you sell a gazillion of them. (laughs) That was cool how you did that last time. Yeah, I just did it this time, too. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's the edited part. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You did it you did it with uh with the uh video that we made. Yep. That was really cool. Yeah, I just laid it over the top. Yeah, I like that. Just so it didn't interrupt, but people could see it if they wanted to. So, so. yeah, we went to our taste in kit, which is Andy Frisella's like with Ed Milet <clears throat> and uh David Goggins. Yeah, like his I what do you want to say, like business mentorship kind of mm-hmm. kind of group. Got and to ask a question too. Yeah, so I got cho- Dylan and I got drove to St. Louis and uh, like a few weeks before you're able to submit a question and I did it online and I never heard anything back. And then we're laying in bed. Not, uh, not together. <laughs> oh, we're laying. I think it was our brothers, like a bunk bed or something. Dylan, uh, weirdly enough, Dylan bought it just a one bedroom. Single, <laughs> single twin. So we ordered the rose package. Yeah. The rose petals is special. Yeah. We're laying there and, and I like some weird reason. I'm like, dude, I'm going to just go check my spam. And I went and checked my spam, and sure shit, I was picked for to ask a question at the event like the next morning. And I'm like, cool, I think I have the like what I want to ask them. And whatever the, the next day goes on, and I was in the PM group to ask the question. So one thing Dylan and I noticed on the people asking questions in the morning group is nobody was saying their name. 
Yeah. No, they were saying their names, but they weren't saying like what they do or like what business, business they were associated with. I'm like, why the fuck is nobody taking this massive opportunity to yeah, but- to give themselves a little a little, you know, shout out. Boost, yeah, yeah, a little but, shout out in front of these, in front of probably a couple thousand, on, you know, like-minded business people. I'm like, what a wasted opportunity. Like, I'm like, Dane, when you ask your question, you have to say that you're with Viper Industrial. Like, you have to. You well, though, you, you, I, I brought it to you first and you're like, dude, I don't know if I would say that. Because I was going to say that, hey, hey, man, you have a cheer in your garage. We have a cheer in your garage. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, you're like, oh, I don't know if we should say that. Well, like, it's because like, it could either go one or two ways, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's right. like, of course. But you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So Dane did it. So, yeah, we're, we're at launch. I'm like, we're kind of like going back and forth of like, dude, okay, should I say it like this? Should I say it like this? No, 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 keep it short and sweet. So, whatever, the time comes where I have I the, just imagine. I have the yeah. I have the mic and he was fucking nervous. I was too, nervous dude. as hell, dude. Yeah, I got three thousand people and like my heart's racing and like you got Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. Like, dude, we listen like you just said, we listen to him every single night. Every night, and now I'm able to ask them a question. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. And the question was, well, first of all, I started it off of like, Hey, how's it going, guys? My name's Dane Rush, like first and last name with Viper Industrial alongside my brother Dylan. And like right there is is a huge plug. You know, mm-hmm, and yeah. not only and that, nobody else did. Nobody else did it. And then immediately after that, I'm like, Andy, you actually have one of our chairs in your garage. And uh, he didn't say anything. No one said anything. I'm like, in my mind at that point, I'm like, dude, idiot. Flop. Flop. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> like, I was hoping for him to like stop immediately and be like, yeah, dude, your chair's awesome. Yeah. But like complete flop. So then I'm, I'm even more nervous now asking the question. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then they go on, answer the question. And then right after, right after got, got done, I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, man, by the way, I do have one of your chairs in my garage and I roll around on it while I'm smoking weed. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I roll around on it like a, like a little kid with my feet dangling. And Ed Bilet's like, yeah, and you call me. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, but for real, man, you guys got an awesome product and I hope you sell it. He said a gaz- gazillion. gazillion. I hope you sell a gazillion of them. And I'm like. Right when I sat down, I'm like, dude, let's fucking go. Yeah. Like, we've been That's listening awesome. to him for how long? And and he actually, like, noticed our product. That's pretty sweet. Definitely a highlight. I mean, I almost want to say highlight of your li- yeah, my dude, life. That like, was pretty sick. Damn. For real. Like, the dude's a fucking idol. And for him to even give, you know, 10 seconds of recognition is like, I don't know. It's a, f- it's a feeling I've never m- felt before like yeah it was fucking you didn't cool. have it like on your wedding day or <laughs> no, that's a different <laughs> that's, that's a different, different feeling that's a different feeling right 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 <laughs> so a little side tangent on that like i i want to express that any anyone listening like if you have an opportunity and you feel it in your gut i always look at things this way is like if you're if you're out doing something you see someone you know or like you don't know if you should go do something think to yourself on your drive home would you be regretting not doing that thing Cause that's what I thought when, when we're at lunch, I'm like, okay, what so if I, I just said, like, it's going to be a long six, yeah. seven hour drive home. And you're gonna be like, fuck, I should have said it. I should have said, said it. Cause <laughs> it's going to be easy driving home to be like, oh damn, I wish I would have in the moment. It's going to be hard and, and nervous and you're going to be sweaty and like hearts beating, mm-hmm. but like, you just have to take that chance. And who knows, maybe nine times out of 10, it's a complete flop, but like that, but that one, one time, that out of one 10. time is going to set you up for who knows what, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, dude, if, Whatever it is, like if you have an opportunity to like meet somebody or do something, like take that chance. Yeah, you know, as scary as it is, you just did it in L.A. too with uh, yeah the pizza shop. David Dobrik, like we're eating pizza at Dobrik's. That my favorite part of that was Alex. Alex is like, (laughs) right when we pull up, what did he say? We're not gonna meet any celebrities. There's no celebrities. No, he's like nobody even here. He calls me out right away. Oh, Dan looks like there's a lot of celebrities here. (laughs) I don't understand what he's expecting. Like, I know. Or to just all be hanging out there, not doing anything else. So I let him. (laughs) And then we literally walk around the corner as we're walking in. David's right hand man, David Dobrik's, like Iza or something. Iza is sitting right there. I'm like, dude, that's like his right hand man. I'm like, I guarantee if he's sitting there, David's gonna be coming. We go and get our pizza. We're sitting outside. Fucking red Ferrari pulls up. and Like what? With literally, you were sitting right next to you. Mm-hmm. Was it like 10, 15 minutes we were sitting there? Not even? Probably not even. And no, red, it was less than that, yeah. Red Ferrari yeah. pulls up and David Dorbrick comes, yeah. pulls in. And like as we're walking on, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go say hi. And if mm-hmm. he remembers, great. If he doesn't, whatever. Still said hi. Yeah, yeah it's cool. like, and he gave me a piece of pizza. 
You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just shit like that where it's like, go do it. Because again, we would have gotten the car and we would have drove away and I would have been like, why didn't I do it? Why, yeah. would, why didn't I just go say hi? You know, but little side tangent. Yeah. So, well, thanks for sharing both those stories. You're at Vipe or you're at, uh, you're, you're at the point right now where you're leaving RMD 3.30. Yep. And you're coming up to Viper to help me box chairs and kind of get in the routine. How long did you do that? How long did we do that for? Man, I want to say, so it was probably 10 months, 9, 10 months, I want to say, because I remember doing our first Black Friday on the, remember, on the floor in the old facility. Seriously, we had duct tape on, we had duct tape on the ground with black Sharpie on what the chair models were, all lined out on the floor. It was for Black Friday because yeah. I remember it was, we were pumped. We sold like two grand, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, a banger day. Yeah. 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 And we had all laid out, and I remember, you know, my wife Nicole would come up too, and she would wrap backrests because yep. we both fucking hated Dude. wrapping backrests. So the backrests of the chair we would wrap with like with foam, and it was a pain in the ass, like because it's just an awkward shape, and it's like yeah. just, it was stupid to do. And Dan and I hated doing it. My lovely wife Nicole would always she come and wrap the backrests. It, <laughs> it was like she killed it. It was great. But anyway, you know, I remember doing that. F- you know, for that our first Black Friday, and at the time we we're like, shit, we did really fucking good. You know, like that was a, we yeah. might have made some money. You know, it was kind of cool. Well, at that point, you don't know cost or anything, right? You, yeah. know? you don't know the cost of the product or the building or like anything. So you see the money, and it's like, oh damn, okay. Like, yeah, you're thinking you could take that all hold, but of course you got to pay bills, right? Of <laughs> course, know? but just this, just this, it just proved validation that people wanted our product. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That people were willing to pay for it. Just that alone, that, you know, that feeling of accomplishment is is huge. You know, especially when there's so much uncertainty and so much doubt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like to have a good holiday, you know, sale is like at that point in our in the company's life was like fuck it's super important like if we would have flopped if it would have been a shitty black friday like who knows what would have happened we yeah. could we would we might have said fuck it and just so hung it up you know when you when you were coming in in your free time were you just boxing orders or were you doing inventory we were doing everything were you dude. Ordering? well we never we never really did much inventory cuz we never had anything <laughs> so inventory <laughs> was point. super easy yeah. right but like um I, we were answering emails too so i remember i remember this vividly um in our old office, you had the cubicle office. Yeah, yeah. I had like the front desk receptionist. <laughs> he was our desk. secretary because <laughs> that's all we had. There was, dude, it was it was it was like a studio. Like there were no rooms, right? So yeah, I've seen pictures. Dude, yeah. can you imagine somebody coming walking in that did it? <laughs> I know, <laughs> dude. Corner sees you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> Expected like a like a. Well, we did have one office, but it was our makeshift photo room. Yeah. You would have been. Oh, dude, you'd have, you'd that would have lost his mind. But it was literally just like a white sheet on the wall, and it was bad. We just needed a room that we could keep clean, that we could turn the lights off, and that was literally the only room besides the bathroom. Like that was it. Yeah. So I was at this like receptionist desk, and that was that was my desk. And Dane was in the cubicle, like ten feet away. So like we could literally just yell at each other when we had questions. Like there was no doors. Like that was one of the worst places. Things zero about privacy. That. Zero privacy. You couldn't talk about anything. Like it was. It was just wide open, right? But anyway, I remember. So one of my, one of the daily things I used to do is enter orders in. Remember when I would go on hello Dude. at viperchair.com and I would go through and enter all the orders in, and I would we would star them as we entered them in yes. into the spreadsheet. Holy fucking time consuming was that? Dude. Like, <laughs> see, this is why I want to bring everyone else on because you have things yeah. that like I forgot about. Yeah, so like Damn. I would go in and enter orders for the day when I first got there because Dane was busy doing other stuff off, mm-hmm. running around like a chicken with his fucking head cut off you know, Literally. for the day. So I would come in first thing I would do is enter orders in so they were in the spreadsheet so we knew what we had to what orders we had to ship out, right? So mm-hmm. it was super primitive, right? We, it was uh, literally a, a fucking spreadsheet and at, it wasn't even Shopify at the time. What was it? What was it called? No, um, we just did Google. Oh, it was Webflow. Webflow. So orders would come into our email, and I would literally manually type them into our spreadsheet. Into Gmail. So like, or not Gmail, Google Sheets. So we had it broken down by C color, light color, wheel color. Like a hundred different fucking columns. It was yeah. way too, like, and it was you'd go super one by confusing. One, email by email. And once you entered it in, so like, let's say it was an elevated steel max, black, black, black. He will put ESM, next column, 
B, next column, B, next column, B. And we use that spreadsheet for packaging orders. So then he wow. would, once he would enter one, he would start. Can you imagine how like one error sounds, you'd miss there? So, it entire just sounds order? time Yeah, consuming. it was super time consuming. But like that, doing that, I could, it showed me, you know, um, how, you know, how good a days we were having. Cause at the time we didn't have any, any data gathering at all. You nothing. know what I mean? Like we didn't have any stats that were provided for us. Like it was literally nothing. So like, how many emails? Oh shit! I entered in. <laughs> I entered in eight orders today. It was a fucking really yeah. good day. Like yeah, you know. And then I come in on Monday, and wow, we had twenty orders over the weekend. That's pretty. That's fucking but good. Damn! Now I got to manually enter. Now I got to manually so enter them all in. This right? goes back to the beginning when Dylan was talking about doing every. You have to do things the wrong way. Yeah. And you have to do everything the wrong way in order to figure out what you really need. So by Dylan doing this, it would take him a couple hours some days. And I'm like, dude, you're wasting way too much time entering these orders. And like, we got to figure out a faster way to do it. So like we ran into those roadblocks where then we found a much more efficient way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's with anything. That's mm -hmm. with no matter what size scale. Like, we're, we're learning that even today. Yeah, I mean, you still have problems no matter what. There's just, there's just different problems, right? So, right. like, we had a ton of different problems that at the time, you know, now looking back, we think, oh, there's, that was the obvious, you know, easy fix problem. But at the time, it was like, holy fuck. Like, it's a huge – Right. Your, your resources and your knowledge is so limited at the time. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, we're probably thinking that now. You know, five years from now, we're going to look back at the problems we're facing right now and be like – the, duh. Dude, like we think we yeah we yeah exactly yeah. you know we deal with that on a daily basis now or that problem was solved a year ago with this system that we introduced you know yeah but like it was crazy but anyway you know to get back to your point so like entering order and then and so after I would enter orders I would go in and 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 uh, answer customer emails right which was which is a nonstop job right so like being an e-commerce company you're always you will always have customers reaching out. You always have emails to answer. So, like, that was one thing that I always kind of struggled with was with just giving a certain amount of time to do that. You know what I mean? But Because I always felt like I had to answer every single customer right away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, holy fuck, I quit. I'm, you know, they're trusting me with a couple hundred dollars of their hard-earned money for this product. Like, they deserve an answer right away. So, like, yeah. it would drive me nuts if customer emails weren't answered, you know, within a few hours. So like I always, I would always go through and answer all the oldest customer emails and try and get as caught up as possible. And then I would go and help Dane and we would, Dane would print off the spreadsheet, mm -hmm. right? I don't even know what we were using for an inventory tracking system at the time. I don't think we had anything. You know what it was? You know what it was? It was MRP easy, right? No, we had literally a clipboard I was and we, say. no seriously we would write down out we'd go out there every every friday and count yeah dude yeah. how many seats are sitting on the shelves yeah i remember <laughs> you know? doing inventory and yeah. you would just like because at that point it was like 15 you know like oh 15 seats we could you could literally count inventory do inventory in an hour. yeah in an hour so like, you know it wasn't like yeah. the biggest thing um yeah it was dude damn i'm like having flashbacks now it's right crazy. but then you we would print off that spreadsheet so what what we would do then is that dane would look at the spreadsheet and he'd be like okay what do we have in inventory and highlight the ones, highlight them what we could get out, right? And then we would, you know, based on what we had in inventory, we'd highlight those and then we would go out and package those, package those orders up. Yeah. Right. And then a lot of times the inventory was wrong. So we're like, fuck, now the label's printed off. So they got the email that they're going to, that their product is shipping out and our inventory was wrong. Well, now we have to go rummage through all these boxes <laughs> that we had laying on the ground and steal steal inventory from another order to oh, obviously you dear. can see the problems to that fix, are gonna yeah, raise. fulfill the old, oldest one and then right. if you go back you've missed something. Mm hmm yeah. And then just there's there's so much stuff like dumping the peanuts in there. We didn't have any peanut dispensers, like we were spray painting our logo with a stencil on the box. So like it was you insane. see those big peanut bags out there. Yeah. The twenty what is it, cubic inches or whatever? Twenty cubic feet. Cubic feet. The bags are huge. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we were taking these and like literally <laughs> dumping them into the we'd, we'd cut like a little slot in it and dump it into the boxes, level them out the best we could. But a lot of the times like they were like a like a balloon almost. We put too much peanuts in. You put yeah. too much peanuts in, then you have to scoop some out, put it in a different box. And next thing you know, you're walking on peanuts essentially at, at yeah. the end of the night. Wow. Well, a peanut dispenser is like what three hundred bucks? Three hundred bucks, and it's like hell no. Three hundred bucks. Fuck, that's a lot. That's Damn. a lot of money at the I time. I paid like. three hundred bucks. I was <laughs> pouring these in my hand. You know. Like, yeah. It was 
from, I mean, our rent was two thousand dollars a month. And we did, or yeah, two grand. That's wild. Yeah, we were like, yeah, didn't know how that how we were gonna pay that. We can't afford a peanut dispenser, you know. Like it was crazy. So, so going back to like, I want to hear about your like what was going through your mind. Okay, so you're at Viper for part after work for about like eight to nine months, and where at, at like what point were you like, okay, I want to make the jump. And what was going through your mind? What conversations did you have to have with Nicole at your, your wife at the at the time and current? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said at the time because it's still your wife. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're still married. <laughs> so, what conversations were you having with Nicole? Like, what was going through your mind? Like, somebody that's in your that was in your boots right now. Like, what would you recommend, or what would be insightful for them to hear? Yeah, I mean, everybody's you know particular situation, I guess, is always a little different, right? But like, you know, I will tip my hat to Nicole a lot because she had a good paying job as well and job that she enjoyed. And, you know, I always, we talked and we're like, well, if, you know, if this doesn't work out, at least you still have a job, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, at least we, I mean, we wouldn't be like homeless or anything and lose our house and everything. Like she still has a job. If this doesn't work, you know, we'll have to sh- shift gears and I'll have to go find, find a new job. Right. So like, but I mean, regardless to answer your question, like I knew I was leaving, I knew I was leaving Bailey regardless, you know what I mean? Whether it was going to work for Viper or whether it was going to work for some, somebody else, you know what I mean? So obviously I'm going to go the route that Viper and can, you know, be your own boss and run your own company with, with your brother, right? Like why, mm-hmm. why would, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. You know? So I knew I wanted to make that decision, but you know, like what Dane's getting at is what, you know, what was going through my head when making that decision was like, I just want to, holy fuck, that's it. That was like what was going through my head. You know what I mean? Like I could tell at first, the first couple, like the first week you were there, I could feel like you were, you're kind of like, fuck. I, well, yeah. I, don't I mean, know that, that, you know, so that, I mean, that working for our parents' company, that was all I knew. Like that's yeah. what I did my entire life. Like I said, from I was 13 years old till, you know, what, what, how, old was I, how old was I when I left? 28, 29, 28, something like that, whatever. But, like, that's that's all I knew was yeah. working there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, that was life. Like, that was right. that was it. You know what I mean? And just the thought of leaving that and doing something on your own with all this uncertainty and doubt. I mean, we had doubt from so many people, you know, like, that just builds on top of you, too. Like, like, like I'd say it was family and friends doubt. For sure, was, especially on your side of like, hey, are you sure you're going to do this? Yeah, I mean, I've always been really good at like not letting what people think bother me. So like that was never really a problem for me because like I just don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? So it's like pretty easy it's, not yeah. to care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, for me, it's hard to explain that to somebody like, well, how, you know, how do you, you know, not let this shit that people think bother you? I mean, I don't know. You just. You just don't give a fuck. He does have a unique look at it. You don't. I don't know. Just Dylan don't care. Dylan uh, <laughs> doesn't emotion side of things doesn't really play a factor in <laughs> your thought process. No, you know? I mean my I have, my emotion is hungry. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, Be so hungry and hot. <laughs> hot right now too <laughs> really yeah, it's getting a little warm here we finally have the ac on for once i guess hot's not an emotion though is it no not really <laughs> so it's, it's 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 awesome getting two sides of the perspective because we we're both in two different situations like he was coming from a paying job i had nothing so like when he was saying oh i would have like if it didn't work out i would have worked somewhere else where like for me it was like that's all i fucking had you know yeah like, it was either that or like like i was gonna do whatever it took to make this work so yeah, but i mean it's know? the same mentality you would have did something else right just like i would have just in a different nest just in a different capacity you know yeah. what I mean? like basically it's the same mindset is you just don't accept failure so okay if this doesn't work go to the next thing same thing right just in a different capacity so but I mean, we we did hit failure with with the motors we, we did just, it's uh, we had we had a different look at it like it was it was just Viper as a whole. Like we knew what we wanted to build, we just didn't know what it was because the, mm-hmm. the, it didn't start off chairs. You know, you were doing no. motors with me, right? So I mean, the motors was even preludes all of this. You right. know, so like we were selling the electric motors for industrial purposes, right, and for industrial machinery. And it was, I want to say, it, it was maybe starting to gain traction a very little bit, but 
we found out almost immediately that it was a very tough industry to get into. It's very cutthroat. And it's basically what we found out is nobody cares about the quality. They just want the cheapest thing possible. And yeah. that's not what we were about. We wanted to sell quality products, not the cheapest, you know, bullshit product. Right. So that I think that was the hardest part for us to swallow is just because we can't sell junk. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're not going to sell something that somebody's not going to be happy with. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what we couldn't do. But, you know, so, I mean, we started this mo- we started this motor thing. Right. And I remember we went down to our first customer, right, Coal Ironworks in um, India- Indianapolis. And Dan and I drove down there in a day. We loaded up a couple motors. You know, we finally got these people. I think we were talking to them on Instagram, Long talking time. to Cole on Instagram. And they're like, yeah, well, we're willing to give you guys a shot. You know, we want to see some samples. All right. So we loaded up <laughs> our dad's truck with a couple motor samples and literally left at 5 in the morning, drove straight down to Indianapolis for what? We're there, uh, we're half there an for hour, maybe half an hour. Half an hour meeting. Maybe. Gave him the motors. They're like, yeah, these look pretty cool. We'll put them on a machine and try them out. Thanks, Lil. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> like, so one thing we drove back home. Like, it was crazy. And I don't know. It was just our mindset back then is still the same as it is right now. And the reason we drove down there was to build a relationship. We're always face to face people. Mm -hmm. Like we always want to build relationships with those that we want to do business with. We could have easily just shipped them there. Mm -hmm. We could have shipped two motors there, but it's that something about that face to face connection that just completely changes Mm -hmm. that relationship for the better. You know, you can actually understand somebody and people just talk and like fuel their well, energy. It shows yeah. your commitment too. That as well. Like, you know? what, what was the drive? What'd you say it was? Twelve hours? Right. I mean, hours? it was yeah, it was like six hours one way. Oh yeah. And then we got all mixed up because you had to take me to Chick Fil A because at that time I've never been to a Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took his Chick Fil A virginity, dude. It was, oh wow. It was it was the best. That sounds fucking weird. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't a... take it. Chick Fil A took it. <laughs> you said I you brought <laughs> I brought you there to get taken. We'll let the camera decide that one. So, anyways, uh, um, so I'm sure gosh, you, you guys make it really weird. <laughs> Sam you guys be like, you, you guys do, make you it weird. <laughs> you said it. I know, but you guys made it weird. There's nothing weird about that. You, okay. what is it? What is it called when you do something for the first time? You, you got you pop your cherry. Correct. Or that's all I know. Okay, so sorry, you got your Chick Fil A cherry popped. Pretty much the right. same thing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> so uh, going back, so uh, Dylan, you knew about all the the business ventures that Dane had tried previously, right? Yep. And you knew that some of them, you know, had flopped. Was there anything that stood out when you like when you know he started asking you for help? Like, okay, does he actually need help or? You know, is this going to be like one of the businesses last time or like, was there something that just stood out to you when you decided to? Yeah. I mean, you, he was making money. We were getting orders, which I mean, not to throw shade at you, wasn't happening with your other ventures. No, I I rightfully admit it. That's why a lot of them just kind of cut part, cut, cut ways with, you know? Yeah. And I think, well, I think it would be, you know, from the outside looking into here, you know, that somebody has previous failed ventures. I mean, obviously it's not like a precursor to, you know, knowing the next one's also going to fail, but you'd, I feel like you would definitely look inside, like, you know, in from the outside and be like, okay, like, is this actually going somewhere? Like, is there something being overlooked? Yeah. The orders are coming in, but is it actually that profitable? You know, did any of that cross your mind ever or? It wasn't really about profitability. I mean, we were, we were going to, I knew we were going to do everything we could to make it go. Right. So like that was just, was going to happen regardless of the fact it was kind of just like a perfect storm of everything where I wanted to leave, you know, Dane needed help. Viper was gaining traction. And it's just one of those things where like, like I said, it was the perfect storm where like I had to make the jump or probably regret it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And there's not a single day that goes by that I don't regret it. So, I mean, if there's anybody out there that's doubting you know, doubting it or wishes they would have made the jump, it's still not too late. You know, like you can, you can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you have to plan accordingly, you know, like I, I sold everything I had, you know, like besides my house, obviously I kept, cause we just moved in, had, had our house out in the country. And like, I sold all my toys. I had toys and everything. I had UTVs, boats, snowmobiles, cars, everything, sold it all, right. Get rid of all your debt and you want to 
keep as much of your money as possible. And that's what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Sold all my toys, kept get as much of your money back that you have because I didn't know if this was going to work. So I needed to have something to, to fall back on if it didn't work. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and that's... Hmm. I didn't know that part. See, yeah. So uh, one thing with that, though, is you kind of do... you. You went all in. Well, I mean, that's so, really the only way to do it, isn't right. it? Right. But you were just saying before of like, you know, be smart with it. You can't just dip your toes in. Like, well, no, I mean, you dip, dip your toes in and you're, and you're feeling the waters. You're not, you're not 100% committed to where like, essentially like your life kind of does depend on it. Like you have to go truly all in on it to like, yeah. get a spark. I mean, what I was saying there, what I meant there is I was preparing, you know what I mean? Like getting, setting my chess pieces so I could make the next move. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was doing. Like even you have to you have to do that with everything. Mm-hmm. You can't just all right, fuck it, I'm all in. <laughs> you know, like you have to prepare for it. And, yeah, but and I mean but get be everything wise ready to go and be wise. Time. Yeah. I mean that's just you know, something you have to do. And like, like I said before, everybody's situation is a little different, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like you have to you know, especially because I didn't have any kids at the time. That was a deal breaker. Honestly, I don't know what would have if I would have did it or not, if I had kids, you know, cause now after having a kid, fuck, it would be, it would be 10 times harder. It would be 10 times harder. Like yeah. just seeing the little guy and being like, shit, like, did I just, did I just fuck this little dude over? Like, you know what I mean? At all. Or it'd push you harder. It would push you harder. Yeah. You'd use it as motivation for sure. It's always in the back of your head. And it's, it does for me right now too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about it at lunch today. Like, yeah. You just, Use not, everything for motivation. You know? We're not anywhere where we want to be. Like, I love where we're at right now, but like, it's always all right. What can we do better? Let's keep let's like keep turning this dial up even more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we got this podcast room. Okay, it's nice. How do we like? How do we get it bigger? How do <laughs> we know? make it better? How do we make it better? And that's with everything. Yeah, you know. It. Yeah. I mean, the shit doesn't happen overnight. I mean, right? We've been we've been doing this for three years now, and going to be doing it for many more years, right? But, I mean, just look, use these microphone stands for an example. You know what I mean? Right. This is a, this is already a second iteration of the of the mic stands. Yeah, like, like, they'll, I'm sure they'll go another stage past this. Right. You know, yeah. So what are the next one's going to be? Like, this, all this stuff takes time. You know, you can't just, boom, all of a sudden three months and, all right, back, you know, back to the way it was or this is the best this is going to be or whatever. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It takes time. You got to work. You got to go. You got to show up every single day. You got to grind every single day, you know, it's got to put in your time. Mm-hmm. One last thing on the, uh, touch point on the, on the brother side of things. So in today's society, there's a lot of like, don't get in business or be careful of getting in business with your family. Be careful of, uh, getting in business with your brother. What do you have to say on that? Well, I mean, obviously it depends on your relationship with your family, right? I mean, we're fortunate enough to have great you know, family foundation, great family backing and support. So that's, that's been a huge help. Um, I mean, in our, in our instance, it works out great because we're, we're, we excel at different things, right? So Dane Mm -hmm. is great on the, on, you know, the marketing aspect of it and getting the image out there and, you know, selling product and I'm better, you know, in the back, you know, behind the scenes, engineering operations type stuff. Right. So, and then, you know, they mesh perfectly and we're not, you know, butting heads all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and I think the biggest thing is we have the same goal, which is the progress of Viper. That's it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that is our goal. So, I mean, no matter who you're in business with, friend, family, parent, brother, sister, whatever they are, if you don't have the same goal in mind, it's not going to work. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your relationship is with them. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. You know. Yeah, we both have the mindset of let's blow it. Like, how big can we take yeah, it? Yeah, let's fucking go. You know what <laughs> Seriously, I mean? how big? How big can we possibly push this thing? If you, you know? have conflicting personalities and somebody's in it for themselves, and you know, that's clearly not going to work. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. that. It's literally that simple. Got to have the same goal. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, is there any takeaways you'd like to add? Um, maybe Dylan's got a good takeaway. Usually, at the end of the podcast, we like to just do a little takeaway that's something that somebody you know maybe starting their own business or you know maybe they're an entrepreneur something that you could take away and and use as practical advice i'm not talking like Mm -hmm. you know like if i could wake up tomorrow morning and do one thing to make my life better or to 
you know, to start my own business or whatever it might be. So this is this is something that I heard on Andy Frisell's podcast, I don't know, a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, no, you can't say it then. You can't say it. Remember on his last <laughs> podcast? He says, I give, I'm giving him the credit, though. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not taking that. credit for it at all. But it's just something yeah, that he said. Yeah. That. He scours people. All you guys will take what I say and use it for your own. <laughs> That's fine. No, this is 100% his credit. You could have it. Let's hear it. But it's something that just stuck with me that I think about all the time. And, I mean, um, one of our good family friends mentioned it to us as well. You know, the journey is the jam. That's what you got to, you know, take the time to embrace the, embrace right now. You know what I mean? Because, like, our family friend has said, you know, building the company up, that was the f- – those were the good days. That was the f- – those were the fun days. That's what we enjoyed. Those are the days I miss. Once it's all built up and kind of everything is running itself and you have teams and built out and executives and this and that, and it's like, fuck, you know, this is all great and this was the goal and everything, but it's like – you know, fuck those those old days where we had to freaking boot, bootstrap it and get your hands dirty, drink a beer Sometimes while boxing chairs. Those are the days you miss. Yeah. You know, so like the journey is the jam. Take in the little days and take take every step, take every day, enjoy every day, embrace it, and just keep moving forward. So, shout like out that to one. F- that was by Finn. Finn said that, didn't he? Yeah, Finn. I remember that conversation when he came to our our old place. Yeah. Dude, we were at the old place. It was Dylan and I. It was actually two, um, Mark Cornelli said it as well. He did when he was building Riverside Foods. Yeah, it's like, the building days are the fun are the fun days, and he's they're 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 all hundred percent fucking right. So I mean, we, not that these are bad days by any means, but like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like when you have a child, you're growing up, like when they're young and watching watching them grow. That's that's the fun thing. That is a good point because especially a child's a good example is when they're. A kid, you're like, oh, I can't wait till they can walk, or hey, I can't wait till they can talk. Just it's like, like when you're in a business, right. fuck, fuck, I can't so wait till we're making money. I can't wait till we hire people to do this. I can't wait to hire people to do that. So you it's wish, like, you wish for the future to come sooner, but then when it comes, you're like, damn, that that went fast. Like, I wish it would. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back now. You mm-hmm. know. But I remember that conversation when Finn was at our 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 uh, old building. It was a stressful day. I remember that. I don't know what happened. Something with our vendors, and he like pulled us both in. He just like started smiling. He's like. I get where you guys are at right now. And he's like, let me tell you, I would give you every dollar I have to be back where you guys are right now. Mm-hmm. And Finn's a super successful dude. Uh, he's like 50 years old, retired for probably 10 years now. And he's like, the the phases you guys are, this building phase that you're doing over the next 10 years, you guys will look back on and be like, damn, I miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And he's like, it's going to happen sooner or later, so just smell the roses every single day while you can. Yeah. I just think it's cool that, like, okay, you and I didn't really talk much growing up. And I mean, a little bit. <laughs> we lived we, in the same house. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no, but we didn't really associate much. Like, we didn't we didn't have the no, same I mean, friend group or anything. Like We were a weird age part, age group, you know, age gap apart, right? So I think three and a half, almost four years apart. So, like... I was out of high school before he got there, so we both had our own, you know, our own friend groups, and we just kind of did our own thing. It's not like we didn't get along. We were just, no. we just did our own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I went and worked for the family company. Dane went out. Dane went to school and did his things, and it's like, you know, we got along, but it was just, you know, I th- we never. Honestly, I never really thought we'd be in business together, but it's been pretty awesome doing it since then. So yeah, it's just cool. Like, yeah. Very cool. Especially in college, like four years in college, I don't think, like, that was when we really didn't talk. Like we, no, because you I mean, lived at your own house. Like, I lived obviously at school yeah. and we didn't really communicate much. And then, like, immediately after that is kind of when this started to go. Dylan, who? Oh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Because I remember, did or I remember hearing from my parents that you were going to, our parents that you were going to India. And I'm like, I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he made us switch our cell phone provider because cell well, we had cell com. Like, <laughs> yeah. who are you gonna call in India? Yeah, using still cell com. Still kind of want to communicate with you guys. <laughs> Would be nice. Well, I, everyone except Dylan. Yeah, yeah, except Dylan. Yeah, but no, this was this was cool. I'm excited I w- to continue to take the journey of you know the phases that Dylan when Dylan was was first coming on. Yeah, and start talking about. I, I love talking about more of those stories, like because. How many times do we listen to Andy's podcast or whoever it is? I don't know why we keep going back to Andy, but, you know, business podcasts where they just say broad stuff like, 
oh, every day you got to go all in. Oh, it's going to be tough in the beginning. Let's go into detail. You know, like that's what I want to do on, yeah. on the I next mean, one. Like, get like, ready to get kicked in the fucking nuts every single yeah. day. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you wear your nut cup today? Because we're about to get yeah. kicked in the freaking bag every single day. You gotta be, you gotta be good at taking it. Like, so that was weird. Well, I mean, now you made it weird. <laughs> now <laughs> you I, made it weird. I'll let the camera aside. <laughs> uh, no, but next podcast, I want to go in depth of like, because those all those stories, I I like. Now that you brought it up, I remember it. I was like, damn, there's probably so many more that we could talk about mm-hmm. that like can give an idea of like what actually built this company to where <laughs> we are right now. You know? I have so many stories from the old building, dude. Dude, it's like, good. It's Let's go over them next time. Tried to be at a freaking conference call and mom's <laughs> <laughs> with the bolts with the bolts in the background and I'm like uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, dude, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun to talk about. <laughs> cool. That's there's right. a lot that's of next stories. Time. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I uh, don't have a Viper Energy can here. That's okay. Hey, Brent, if you're watching, and you should be, because you're editing. You're editing it. <laughs> yeah. Toss in one of the other Viper Energy ads that we did. This podcast was brought to you by Viper Energy. Viper Energy is and will be the cleanest energy drink on the market. It will be launching on that has no artificial flavoring, no artificial sweeteners, and no preservatives. It has vitamin C, vitamin B1, B6, B9, B12, D3. It has magnesium, zinc, and it also has all nine essential amino acids. Not only that, the caffeine is all natural. It is 98% green tea extract, and that is topped with L-theanine. L-theanine is a nootropic, and it gets you absolutely focused. This will give you the energy you need to go all in without the crash. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. and Dylan, thank you for being on here. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.